everyone, it's Leanne from the Alberta Motorcycle Safety Society and welcome to Think Bike, a podcast about all things motorcycle and the voice of motorcycle safety and awareness in Alberta. We will talk to you about everything from tips and myths on gear, maintenance, techniques, education, and so much more with our very informed guests. So thank you for joining us. On today's podcast, we're going to be discussing an acronym that programmers all know, the WYSIWYG one. Um, Our special guest, James McCarthy, is back and we're hitting techniques this time with him. How are you doing today, James? I am doing awesome. How are you, Leanne? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty Pretty good. good. We got to improve that. (laughs) So the WYSIWYG thing. So, you know, I'm glad you said that because, you know, we never talked about that prior to us meeting today. And that's something that's a programmer thing. It is. Well, yeah. So what you see is what you get, right? WYSIWYG. So that's the way it used to be back in the, um, the 90s. Uh, so whatever you saw on, on your screen is exactly what you got. That's how I build our website. That's how I deal with our website. It's all in. It's it's amazing that I can see and then I publish because it looks right. That's the only IT thing I knew was WYSIWYG. Everything else, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm an absolute dinosaur. So I'm going to go get my pencil and pen and start writing stuff down here. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. Chiseled. But yeah. this is very applicable to our world because if you look at the last couple of years with... Um, the majority of our fatalities have been rider error for whatever reason they've run off the road or struck a guardrail or this or that or whatever we can probably account for some of those are probably tied to what where you look is where you go exactly what you see is what you get so no for sure i mean it's um you know it's unfortunate when when people go off the road and get into these situations but um, as we know, these things are easily correctable. Uh, I mean, we're looking at the issue and not uh, the escape route. So if you were to, you think about uh, situational awareness, you think about the, the military guys, when they're, they're always thinking about an escape route all the time. They're always talking escape routes. So they know things are coming because they're looking really far ahead. They can see all this stuff happening. And they're in their head, they're thinking about eight or nine or 10 or 15 escape routes. And as motorcyclists and as car drivers or anything, when we're on something uh, moving at a rate of speed, we should be thinking about escape routes. Because if we run into something because we we stared at it and then we became a part of it, that's not the fault of the other person. That's our fault. So we have to assume that responsibility. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, the common term for this in our world is target fixation, of course. It's hard to recognize that sometimes. I mean, you look at the people who rubberneck when you're passing by accidents and stuff like that or collisions. I've been always taught to, Marty and I have these conversations if we've been out riding together, how many deer did you see? Like we're always scanning. Why do you think people get fixated on certain things and lose their focus? Um, If we're talking motorcycles, there's a lot of reasons for that. I think what happens is when we're driving our cars, we have four wheels. We can kick back, turn the heat on, put the music on, uh, sip our coffee from Tim Hortons. We can do all these things in a car and not really have it affect our direction too much. Now, it's look where you look is where you go is directly applicable in a car. But when you're doing the speed limit, yes, absolutely. It makes a difference. But as you go faster and faster and faster, you start getting into like a racetrack situation. Looking further ahead is critical. And it's uh, everybody talks about it in racing. I'm sure when you've talked with Justin Apic on here, I mean, he's going to talk about how important looking further and further ahead and the faster you go, the more important it is. But what happens is we take those bad habits from car driving 
and uh, I've seen it uh, tens of thousands of times on the course site where they take those poor habits while they're driving their vehicles, their cars to work every day, and they apply them to their motorcycles. So they spend a lot of time doing very odd things. So I've seen it. Um, the benefits, the side benefits of looking ahead are massive. So you get to identify those issues that we talked about. But not only that, it gives you direction. So where you look is where you go. That's all a part of riding position. So if you're in the proper riding position, you got a nice light grip, you know, uh, that's something else Justin would be talking a lot about is riding position because it's so key. But vision is a big part of riding position because if you're not in the correct riding position, it's hard to have proper vision. So where you look is where you go. So looking further ahead, you can identify those issues. Then you can make corrective actions. You can adjust lane position. We are, as motorcyclists, entitled to the entire lane. Use it. I mean, if you have to use the shoulder to avoid something, it, there's a lot of things you could utilize in street situations, highway situations, as an escape route. Yep. But, we had a great conversation with Chris at TNT about lane positioning. And that's exactly what he was saying is like, you know, you ride in the part of the lane that's the safest for you to be in to avoid debris, you know, people coming into your lane, things like there is that as as a former instructor that you are, there is that dominant lane positioning, but that isn't always the right place because you have to be looking ahead to see your hazards. Well, yeah, I mean, we can just talk about the road conditions alone, not just the driving traffic. Like, look, we're all like, come on, all of us are coming into the spring situation where uh, the roads are terrible. And this is this is actually a, a rider habit that baffles me. It's the motorcyclists that tailgate. They come right up to the bumper of the car in front of them. And I asked them, I said, why are you doing that? And they go, well, duh, so they can see me. Okay, well, that makes no sense. So now that person stops suddenly. And cars and vans and trucks, they can stop quicker than us as a motorcyclist. And we forget that, right? So all of a sudden, it comes to a quick stop. And then we could potentially become part of the bumper. And if, especially if we're looking at the bumper, we'll become part of the bumper. The other problem is, is if you were to give that separation, you would see those potholes. You would see that debris. You would see that stuff. And as Chris mentioned, you can adjust your lane position. It's not You're not just stuck to that left portion of the right lane or right portion of the left lane. You ride, you, the whole lane is yours, essentially. You can make use of it um, just to, to avoid that road debris or to avoid those potholes that we're all going to encounter very soon or already are. So how would someone avoid target fixation like is there is there something we can train our brains to not get focused on that collision over there oh that sky looks really pretty over there or you know and pay attention to what we're doing or is it just a matter of paying attention to what we're doing it's a combination of things. So, I mean, if you were to practice this, if you were to actually go to, say, take a school or take an advanced riding school, driving school for that matter, it doesn't even have to be motorcycle specific. It'd be driving specific. They're going to teach you the same thing. They're going to say, find the escape route to avoid. So when you're doing like a collision avoidance exercise uh, with uh, race cars and things like that, uh, they, the first thing they teach you is to, is to quickly look for where you want the car to be. So if you're looking at the object, that's what you're going to run into. Now, the track, we talk about the racetrack a lot because the faster you go, the more important it is. And it happens all the time um, when we used to do race schools in Calgary and uh, here in Edmonton. There's invariably every session that we went out onto the track, somebody was off into the weeds because of that exact thing. What, why, what happened? 
Well, I looked out to the grass. Now you're in the grass. <laughs> so, so it's the same thing um, with uh, intersection situations. So a car comes into an intersection and comes in front of you. Maybe it runs a red light. Maybe it runs a late yellow that becomes red and you're on your way going through. And now you have to come to a stop or, or a collision avoidance of some kind, or maybe emergency acceleration. There's a few, you have three options, right? So that car comes in, you look at the side of the door, you look at the side of the door, you look at the side of the door. Now that all that time has passed by, all that asphalt has passed by, you're in the side of the door. That is not the, I mean, yeah, the person who ran the red light or yellow light, big mistake. But it's, it's up to us to be aware of those things by looking around, having that situational awareness, looking through the intersection prior to entering. Even when we're going through, look, look around. You can still look ahead and, and still do little glances left and right. So that was something that we used to get from students a lot. You keep asking me to look ahead. I go, yeah, but then you want me to look around. You want me to glance around? Well, yeah, of course I do. I want you to glance around, look around, find your surroundings, see the cars constantly glance around. But I don't want you to stare at those things. I want you to see what's going on around you. Looking ahead gives you direction. Looking to the left will give you direction. Looking to the right. Glances will not. Little glances will not. Well, so there's then, a difference. And then there's that key thing where, uh, oh, I remember when we were shooting our left-hand turn scenario with, with you, and then I helped you take those little Hondas back to Skona when Skona was there. But I was having some fun in the parking lot, and I, my slow speed skills need some help and uh, my tight turning. Need, and you're like, turn your head more. Just turn your head more. <laughs> like, but, but I need to see where I am. Turn your head more. And I'm like, oh. That's right. Well, you see, the thing is, is that that's a very common scenario. So what happens is by looking ahead, you're going to uh, you're going to decrease your stopping distances. So that's something else that happens. By, by looking ahead or looking in the direction of travel, you're going to get there much easier. Looking down is pointless because you're already past that point. So when I used to run um, schools, I used to get that typical phone call every April or May where someone says, I can't take the course because I was in the driveway practicing with my clutch lever, my brake lever, my throttle. I looked down to the ground and I was underneath the bike and I broke my ankle. Or, or I hurt my, my wrist or something like that, and I can't take the course now. So the reason that happened was they probably went to apply the brake. They overapplied the front brake, looked down, and like a magnet, the ground draws you to the ground. It's like it's, you have no power over it. I've done it's it. It's too late. Every, pretty much everybody has, right? So the, the trick is, is when you're riding, look further ahead while you're coming to a stop, especially those guys who are riding the bigger bikes. The bigger the bike, the more important it is because you have more of that, that mass, right? That's going forward. So when you come into a stop at an intersection, force yourself to look beyond the cars in front of you if there are. Look into the horizon and you're going to find you're going to come to a much smoother, much more precise stop. As soon as you look down, you start going to that, that position. And again, you start to lose balance. You actually extend the stop rather than shorten the stop. It's. I think it's a matter of just believing that that physics actually works. Yeah, for sure. And then you had mentioned like, how do I how do I practice this? By taking those courses, by going back and taking next level courses, they're going to force you to do that very thing to ignore what the thing is. We don't want to look at the thing. Find the escape route. It's always going to be about the escape route, and then we're going to have less of those issues on the road. But you have to identify it. You have to identify the issues by looking further ahead to begin with. So 
while you're out there riding, um, my, my best advice always is, especially in the springtime, because we know uh, car drivers aren't used to seeing us. And also we need to be respectful of the car drivers as well and the road conditions. Uh, my my best advice to people is, is go out there, don't put the earbuds in for the first few rides, go in there, ride normally, uh, don't go crazy on the bike. Um, let's not be, you know, making our, um, our throttles really blippy so everybody on the block can hear our new uh, Vance Hines pipes that we just put on. <laughs> just be respectful and ride normally. And what you're going to do is, is, is be aware. Don't sit back and just enjoy the ride. Enjoy it, but be aware. Understand what's going on with pedestrian traffic, with dogs on a leash, with people in bicycles, playground areas. Uh, cars and intersections, we all know, and even now in our modern world, people are not paying attention. They're short attention spans. So we have to be, you always hear the the comment, we have to uh, ride like everyone's out to get us. I kind of don't agree with that. I think what you got to do is you just go out and you just ride with common sense. Understand that those things can happen and be prepared for them. And the only way to do that is look ahead, look around, have good situational awareness and be prepared. Perfect. I'm going to switch gears really quickly here um, because this is still a vision thing. But there's also the, the nighttime riding and where your vision is compromised, you may not be able to see that far ahead and people may not be able to see you. So how do you how do you counter that? What tips do you have for night riding scenarios both ways? Oh, yeah. Um, well, you know, if you're on the highway, um, I think everybody who has been driving a car knows that if you get kind of near another car, you can utilize their lights. So their lights are looking ahead already. And obviously, you don't want to be riding on their bumper. That's the last thing we want to do. But we still want to be respectful of the distance between us and the car in front of us or the vehicles in front of us and use their lights as well as a guide. And again, that's by looking further ahead. We're also going to be trying to identify things like, you know, the red eyes in the distance in the, in the ditches. And every one of us knows what that's about here in Canada. Uh, we're looking for lots of things and you're looking for telltale signs. Uh, the other thing too, is be prepared to uh, utilize your rear brake a little bit. And um, why I say that is because if you just utilize a little bit of rear, a little bit of front brake without actually slowing the bike down, you get your brake light activated in those situations. Because if you're just going to start gearing down and use compression braking, that rear brake is not activated. So there's no brake light on. So the people behind you or behind those people don't see you slowing down. So make a habit of using a little bit of brake to activate the brake light switch on the front brake or the rear brake. And what that does is just illuminates the rear brake light and it just tells people that something's going on or that you're slowing down so that's the other thing we always hear and we hear people say well um when i'm slowing down in traffic i'm just downshifting i'm compression braking still add a little bit of brake the brake isn't necessarily going to be activated so you're not actually slowing the bike down you're just turning that brake light on so people know something's happening you're slowing down you're coming to a stop so that gives you a little more uh conspicuity from the driver's side they'll actually see you so being aware of exactly uh, where you're riding, um, utilizing the lights in front of you, also thinking about what's behind you. Those things are important. Conspicuity. That's a $10 word, my friend. 25 cents. <laughs> <laughs> 10 bucks. Well, I guess, you know what? The inflation is pretty crazy. Lately, so. <laughs> so I guess the only other thing that could improve um, night riding is reflective material on your gear. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, the helmet, um, you see a lot of retroflective stuff on helmets and, and gear. 
Uh, yeah, clear visors. Uh, I always bring clear visors, clear glasses with me. That was one of the things um, we talked about when I was chatting with Marty uh, last year, is I keep that stuff with me. Um, because sometimes the rides get extended. And I mean, if that's the best day is when you can extend a motorcycle ride, but that usually means you're coming back later at night. So have your clear glasses, have your clear visor, have those things because um, coming back with a tinted visor or uh, tinted glasses is not a lot of fun when it gets pitch black. No, you really can't see anything and you still need to protect your eyes. But uh, yeah. Thank you very much for helping us cover some stuff on target fixation and, and vision. That was um, all very great information. I'm happy to tell you I am one that's always looking for the out. Always. Like, you never know what's going to come at you. So, 100%. I agree. And uh, like I said, get some, take some advanced training. Go see guys like uh, Justin Napick at his uh, rider training school on the track. When you faster you go, the more important it is, and it'll make much more sense. If you could do it at uh, 100, 200, 300 kilometers an hour, it's super easy at 60. And of course, when you end up in the weeds on the track, you pretty much walk away. The street yeah, right. is different. Yeah, you're not going to have um, intersections, taxis, buses, uh, you know, guardrails, things like that. So, and it's a lot more fun. It's a good place to learn. Yes, it is. To make sure that you don't miss out on any of our upcoming podcasts or listen to previous ones, make sure you click on subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcast ear candy from. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover or a guest you think would be great on the show, let us know. How? Well, you can follow us on the socials or reach out to us through our website at ab-amss.org. Always remember to ride smart, ride safe, and think bike. We'll see you out on the road. <laughs>